Are you a woman serving in the military and may require a little motivation or support? Or you have a question but not sure of who to ask? Or you just need to know you aren't alone in a male-dominated profession? Well, The Military Woman and So Much More is the podcast for you to be inspired, educated, and motivated to be the best damn leader in and out of uniform. We as military women need to share resources to be taken seriously, make systemic changes, and groom future leaders. Despite our differences, we are stronger together. Join host Sharika Labrie as she speaks from either personal experience as an active duty officer or interviews guests with a variety of successes, challenges, or expert knowledge on topics worthy of discussion. Let's build a network of military women who support each other and continue to be the badasses we are. Here is your host. Well, hello, Ms. TC. Thank you for coming on the Military Woman podcast and so much more. Uh, Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hi, Sharika. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really happy to be here and to uh, discuss with you about transitioning veterans and all of that. I think this is a great podcast and platform that you have. Thank you. Uh, so, yes, I am actually a non-military person. I actually have never served, but uh, what I, w- the way I started was that I really wanted to work overseas. So I ended up working overseas through government work, and uh, through a progression of series of events, I decided that I needed to create uh, a course that would help veterans transitioning out of the military or retired from the military or those veterans that have even served for a few years uh, uh, as active duty or reserves, that sort of thing. I wanted to show them how to make better money and make a better living in, uh, in defense contracting. So that from there, that was what I did. I created a course called the Federal Contractor Business Blueprint. And in my course, I lay out uh, the steps that I took to go, well, initially to go overseas and work. So um, it wasn't really my plan to actually work uh, work overseas for the government. I really wanted to do something uh, a little uh, probably fun and relaxed, like fashion or a bakery. But I had many friends that were prior military and they said, well, look, if you're going to come over here, you may as well learn how to make some money. So uh, that I, I really stumbled into um, defense contracting. So, so that's what I am. That's what I do. Um, I help veterans transition into specifically defense contracting roles that they are using and leveraging the MOS that they have already established. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Question. So why the military? Was it mostly the people that you were in contact with while you were overseas where they had, did they have some military background? I mean, that that's Mm -hmm. a very specific, you know, population that you were like, Hey, I want to make this business platform for them. You know, oh no, no, very good question. And and because I had no military experience, uh, it's I just found that it was easier to help and teach others that already had some sort of familiarity with contractors and being around the government and people being around the military. They just seem to be the ideal avatar 
for me to help. Mm -hmm. I really can help a, a military spouse. I can help anyone learn how to become a contractor in, in defense contracting. But yes, I was working for the military uh, as a contractor. I was always around government or active duty, retired, all of them. So yeah, that was how, how I chose veterans. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure people were probably asking you, like, how did you do or how can you, like active duty people? I, I know my husband, when he was deployed, um, he was always working around yeah, you know, people who were, were contractors and he was just like, well, how are you, you know, uh, how yeah. much money do you make? <laughs> because yeah. you're doing the same job as me and you're That's only right. here, you know, three to four months and I'm here for a year and, you know, it's just yeah. and probably making more actually. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I created the course, the Federal Contractor Business Blueprint, because um, a friend of mine is, a, uh, is currently active duty and a pilot um, with the Navy. And he said, you know, I don't know exactly what I'm going to go into after, uh, you know, I retire. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and he had a goal in his head. He said, I hope I can make 150K. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, you hope you can. I said, you absolutely can make 150K right. and, and you should probably expect to make beyond that because you, you have an engineer, engineering degree, but you also have a master's. And, and you, but most importantly, more than anything, you have 25 years working for the government as a military person. So aside from the degree, aside from the advanced degree or being a pilot, uh, the fact is, is that when you come out of uh, service, when you come out of uh, giving your years to the government as a military person, they value the federal government itself truly values the years of training and development that you have behind you more than more than they value the degree mm. and they will pay for those years that you have done all those training classes all those just being uh uh just being acclimated and and involved in that community you have the foundation mm. of what they need and you're the ideal person uh people coming out of the military are are the ideal people to go into contracting because you you're so established in what the culture is. Uh, you're they're usually a disciplined kind of mind, a disciplined kind of person. All of those things with that familiarity is is very valuable. Very. In addition, you've kept a clean life, which of course parlays into having a clearance. And when you add that clearance piece to all these other foundational things about you and your life and your career in the military, that clearance is what really puts you over the top with your, with your salary. And, and are you differentiating between the secret and the top, top secret? I mean, I, I know top secret is the, definitely the elite, mm -hmm. but a secret clearance would, mm -hmm. would suffice. Well, I'm not going to really get into mm -hmm. that piece, but mm -hmm. I will say being able to be eligible to classified information, to mm -hmm. work on classified contracts means you're trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And that trustworthiness uh, equates to more dollars mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. as far as the government is concerned, because that's that's valued. It's valued by the government, and that's what they need. It, it's just it's it's not just unique and rare. It's a necessity, right? It's a necessity right. for our government to be able to um, know they can trust people in sensitive positions, whether okay. it's contracting or whether it's uh, actual federal federal government position. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, you're, you kind of, I mean, you haven't really gotten to the details, but it, it sounds sure. so easy. Like I'm in the military, I have these clearances, I yeah. have these skills and certifications. I might not yes. even have a, a bachelor's degree, but associates are, are not or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can mm-hmm. get out of the military and, you know, find a contracting, you know, position out there. Are there specific types of um, areas of concentration uh, are, that are more, uh, are easier to find, a, I guess, a contracting position, MOSs that are easier, that easier translate to the contracting side, I guess you can say? You know, there are, I'm going to say there are, uh, there are HR professionals that, and some are veterans that help other veterans transition. And we all have our own opinion about that. My <laughs> oh. personal, <laughs> and my personal opinion uh-huh. is that I can I can see any position translating and transitioning into our government. There are some uh, there are some people, professionals, and I certainly value their opinion that may say, "Oh, yeah, this this MOS is a lot more difficult to translate into uh, the regular world." But as a person being from the regular world. Uh, you can identify the skills. For example, let's just say an artillery person. Mm-hmm. It may seem simple, but there are so many skills behind just doing that one job that if you were to really look beyond the cover, you'll see inside the book that they still know how to follow direction. They still know how to lead. Um, they are. They have. They have good timeliness skills, or they're. They're very accurate in certain things in their mindset and their style. So there are positions you can find that uh, that will work well with the kind of person you are, even if it's just that mm-hmm. work that you do. Mm-hmm. So everyone is a different opinion. I have a very broad mind about how these positions translate over. I think more military-minded HR personnel pers- uh persons may find that um, they're a little more rigid and uh, tunnel focused on or have a sort of tunnel vision Mm. about, oh, I don't see how that translates over. But I'm not confined by that just because I wasn't in the military. So I tend to think a little uh, more broad. Oh, that's awesome. So that's like, that's like, I mean, basically what you're saying is the, the military has created a foundation, a baseline, and almost everybody <laughs> that's willing to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and really, and the other, the really big thing that's important to know is that um, the United States government is the largest consumer and customer in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, last I read, I believe they... I, I want to say the figures, and it's on SBA.gov, mm-hmm. but I believe it was in excess of $800, $800 billion, something around there. It wasn't quite in the trillions, but uh, they were the, the customer to at least 
at least uh, close to a billion dollars worth of goods and services. So if they are the customer at that level, and I'm going to make sure I get you that the correct figures for that, mm-hmm. then you know that everything is pretty much uh, transferable. Um, even someone that was a cook. Yeah. Okay. You may have been a cook in, in the, um, in the military, but you also actually, not that you would, you know, I don't know what you want to do, but, mm-hmm. but you could be a cook even in the federal government. So mm-hmm. I, I have found every position translates. I have found many skill sets that will translate. And so, um, really the foundation for me is that you have been in that culture and, and that's the, that's the valuable piece, how many years you've been at serving and how many years you've been in that culture. And it means something to the government when they're looking to fill these roles and the whole reason behind having a contracting um, area is because the federal government truly cannot complete every possible Uh, job that's in, you know, that, that is required for us to operate. And so they create these relationships with uh, private sectors Mm -hmm. and then they hire people as well. As you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, uh, you don't have the same sort of red tape Mm -hmm. when you're going through just a company versus when you're trying to get a, you know, get a position with the federal government. So it's, it's a symbiotic relationship that works for both a private industry company and the government, and and it's so much faster to get things done having contractor and companies partner with the federal government. Absolutely, huh? That that yes. I mean, we do. We my my mom's a contracting officer, so she is. Oh uh, yeah, she she's the one that um you know helps identify the companies or, or whatever, select the ones the contracting companies that they're that in the military is going to use for whatever service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, we see it. I'm a nurse. We, you know, we have companies with um, local uh, contractors for nurses. So we get nurses that are contracts, you know, sure. um, Jason, my husband's a pilot. And just like you mentioned, oh, when yeah. he was overseas, you know, they, they don't have enough pilots in the army. So, so Absolutely. Helping out. I mean, we see it everywhere. I mean, that's our yes. janitors. That's the people who do the construction, um, everything. Yes. So all yes. those people are hiring, you know, right? That's Absolutely. All, all of them. Yeah. And everything. <laughs> and, and I don't know if people get that, but everything that is done in the military, there is an equal to it in the federal government. There just is, whether it's graphic designers or like I said, a cook or um, an artillery person, there is an equal to it in the federal government. Because even if you did that for the military, on some level, there uh, you are going to have to replicate it or at least have the support services from a federal government standpoint. Right. Yeah, they're not as independent as I think a lot of people believe they are. Okay. Yeah. So, so I what's as far as like getting a job, is it completely as uh, are applying, I guess, is it completely mm-hmm. different to apply to a contracting position versus um, the federal government versus like, you know, you want to go work for a top law, not law firm, but some um, civilian sector you know, corporation, is it processed? Different? Oh yeah. It's well, it's definitely much easier. <laughs> it's definitely much easier. There's a, uh, so yeah, it, 
you're literally, although you may apply for a company and that's what you're doing, you're essentially the employee of that company. Uh, but on the other side of that company, the corporate side, they have uh, they have created this relationship with the federal government. So they may be a contracting company on one hand, but they may also have positions that are not related to federal government contracting. The point is, is that these companies have a simple, simplified onboarding process. After, you know, the, you find and identify a position that you're interested in, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, you go through your same background check like you would any other job. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're hired on. And, and, and of course, if you're going that route with the federal government, there is just, uh, there's just a backlog and there's just uh, a sweeping, uh, I can't even think of the word right now, but there, there's just such a huge log of applications right. and there just are not enough federal employees to go through it. Even with the, there is what's what we call, um, a scanning, electronic scanning of resumes. That has sped up for the federal government on usajobs.gov, but it is not the end all. You still need a human element to review that resume, even if you're looking for a keyword search. Mm. For So with that being said, there are so many steps within uh, to become a federal employee you know, easily, I would, if I had to guess easily 20 steps, there may be two or three to go into corporate, you know, you apply, right, right. you get an interview, and then they decide the the one manager that would you'd work under says yes. And that's it. Right. You know, it's, pr- it's pretty simple. So uh, yeah, the, it's, it's a vastly different system, which is why uh, the federal government absolutely considers contracting companies allies in in completing the missions okay so so i do have a so another question about your company so if i'm transitioning out and i and as as your consulting company and i'm like hi i know tc let me give her a call Mm -hmm, (laughs) So, mm -hmm. so what would be kind of the steps if somebody you know new to to transitioning out that you would go through i mean i i know you you have your blueprint um uh, the the federal contractor better blueprint just just mm-hmm. a brief overview of what someone is sure. to expect from from going through that oh sure okay and let me let me just step back for a minute yeah so um the u.s federal government is the single largest consumer in the world this is correcting my numbers oh uh and they spend more than 550 billion dollars on products and services billion on products and services, that is absolutely going to cover a wide range of jobs, positions, career uh, steps, all career uh, paths and all of that sort of thing. So I just wanted to clarify my number. (laughs) And it's a large, but, and like you said, though, I mean, one of the main issues though, some people don't have the luxury of time and they're looking for something right now. Exactly. Yeah. And they have not figured out how to streamline that process so Mm -hmm. people (laughs) working sooner than you know eight to nine months (laughs) right yeah and you know that's and I'm so glad you said that one of my uh one of the biggest proponents of the of becoming a contractor to me is that uh for veterans they're going to leverage 
what they've been, what they've learned already in the military. And I understand when they get out, sometimes um, they want to go into a whole new career. They want to do something completely different. And I, and to that, I say, go for it. Mm -hmm. But I also believe make as much money as you can with the foundation you have. Because often when you transition to a new career path, you are going to start entry level. You are going to start um, at the bottom level. So your money may not be as great. So I just really like for them to uh, leverage all those years of experience that they have in that. And, And on the side, go ahead and start working the new career that you want. But I just really want them to make the good money on what they've been trained in, you know, or what they've done for so many years of their life. I think it's it's just they deserve it. They, you know, it's owed to them because in in so many ways they've been underpaid based on the sacrifice. So that's why I really say use that MOS. You may be tired of being a security specialist or whatever. Do it for a couple more years as a contractor and make the money that you know, that is really uh, paid out here for that role. So, yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) yeah, no, no. Yeah. Back to your question. That is true. There's a lot of, you know, people that don't have a plan when they're, when they're up for retirement or when they're Mm -hmm, trying to leave. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that is a good plan. A, like make that money doing what you already know to do while you try to figure out who you are and what you really want. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it gives you a little more time, doesn't it? To think about what direction you want to go in. Exactly. And you're getting paid for it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh man, that's, that's good though. Yes, ma'am. So yeah, so back to my other question. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm I'm new to, I'm transitioning out. I contact you and I'm just like, you know, what can I expect from, from your services? Mm-hmm. So, um, so you were saying also a, a little overview of how you would go into it. So mm-hmm. I think in general, first, you, of course, identify what your career path is. And for example, you, you are a nurse, am I right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So you're a nurse, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, And so ideally, my guess is you probably have some level of a clearance. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so if, if I were talking to you, I would probably say, if you're, if you're getting out, going to a nursing field where you're at a veterans administration or, um, or, you know, it depends on what part of the country you're in. Right. But uh, one thing is that diplomats, uh, congressional people, high-ranking military people that are retired, um, and of course, uh, people at the executive branch, a lot of intelligence community people, um, uh, federal civilians, uh, they they may go to specific hospitals. And so, for example, in our area, I live in Washington, D.C., they go to Sibley Memorial Hospital. That is where they handle a lot of diplomats and uh, congressmen, uh, you know, Walter Reed, as we know, handles um, the president and also many executive branch uh, members. And so I would say if I were if you were living in my area, I would say you should apply to Sibley and you probably would handle patients and that would need a security level clearance, uh, some sort of level of security clearance to even work with these people. And, you know, because they could trust you or even up at Walter Reed. So, mm-hmm. so I encourage veterans to utilize that 
that security clearance that they have in the military, Mm -hmm. uh, which by the way, find out what it is before you even get out. Oftentimes I realize veterans have been, have had that access, but they did not know uh, what capacity that they had, what level they had. So it's always nice if they can get that information before they're gone and then know that you have at least 24 months to find some kind of work using it mm-hmm. before you have to start the whole process over again. And the process is much more painful once you're out of the military than right. in the military. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's my, that's the big thing I would tell you is to look for positions of what you do, but that would require that clearance. Yeah. And is that a, a negotiation for for higher pay? You know, it's it is a negotiation, but it almost you almost don't have to negotiate. Okay. It is it is in such demand that they have that our federal government has people that they can trust and that they've shown um, a, a career path of being trustworthy and reliable. Mm-hmm. that you can pretty much expect that you're going to get a sweet offer. Seriously. <laughs> you really oh. are. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but it, it doesn't hurt to ask for a little bit more. Maybe. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of at the place where now, you know, you just want more vacation. Just right, give me right, six God. weeks. Vac- I don't want, right. yeah. <laughs> I don't need any more yeah. money. I just need more time. <laughs> I need more time. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that important to the federal government. But yes, it's always a negotiating tool, but I think you, you'll you be surprised um, at what the offers are once they know, oh, you do have a clearance and you can do this work. So yeah. Okay. Huh. Uh, so after that, so if we go on with that, um, okay. I would say uh, there's a lot of tools out there that help you identify your skills and competencies. Say if it's not as plain as yours is, which is nursing. And in the medical field, uh, when I was telling you about an artilleryman, there are, there are tools out there that uh, specifically with um, the Army side, I think O-net online is a great tool that helps you, uh, you identify your strengths. And then it says, hey, here are the positions that are in the federal government that would um, that would match to the kind of strengths that you have. So you may or may not know your strengths. And so these personal assessment tools are really great. And they're uh, like ONET online or Army Cool. There's there's several. So Um, then also I would tell the person to uh, just kind of scour the web and look for um, identify agencies. And and, uh, there's ways to find out what companies are with what agencies, because maybe you have a specific interest in working for a certain agency. Uh, Maybe you don't want to work for Department of Defense. Maybe you want to work for the Food and Drug Administration because, you know, maybe you dealt with food or uh, quality control while you were in the military. So there are ways to do that uh, and to identify what contracting companies are with what agencies. there's a lot of career sites and vets boards, and I'm, I'm sh- a lot of that information is in trend is in your TAP, your transition assistance yeah. program. Okay. But the challenge that I found, which was the reason with uh, my friend who was a, who's a Navy pilot, mm-hmm. he said there wasn't anything specific to help him 
and to guide him through going into defense contracting specifically. He said there was a lot out there. Here it is. See what sticks. But that was why I created the the federal contractor business blueprint to give you an exact step by step guide of how to do federal uh, government contracting and then how to get the money, who to say what to say to whom, how to say what to whom, at what point during the conversation, that sort of thing. I think one one unique thing I'll just bring this up is that um, uh, I think people would be surprised to learn that salary is one of the first things that is talked about when you transition into uh, contracting. Mm -hmm. It is one of the first conversations when someone calls, when a a recruiter calls you, uh, the first thing they say is, what are you looking for? What kind of money? Because they they cut right to the chase. Mm. A contract has set parameters of what they can pay. Right. Uh, And so they want to know, we see your resume. We like your resume. Can we afford you? That's what it really comes down to. So So salary is high. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then work down, then work down. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so you so might be is, like, uh, I want to make what, you know, a little bit more than what I make in the military, but that might be setting your standards kind of low. <laughs> oh, it's setting it so low. It's so low. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Huh. <laughs> so that, that's one of, that's one of the unique things that I learned uh, early on when I first got into it, I was so surprised that the first words, you know, the right. first conversation from the recruiter is, you know, oh, well, let's see what your personality is like. And if you would fit into our uh, industry, fit into our industry, fit into our company. No, they just need to know. We see the skill set. Right. So we trust, we trust your military background. We trust that you have a good foundation. We just need to know if we can afford you. (laughs) And and that's not anything that I'm sure any military person who's been in for a long time that has no experience in the outside world is comfortable with even, you know, throwing out there. (laughs) They probably just Mm -hmm. give them the same salary as what they're making. And we'll take you. We'll take you now. (laughs) Right. And that's why And you're right. And that's why when my friend said to me, I hope I can make 150, I almost fell out of my chair. I said, you hope I'm thinking when you come out, you're going to be over 200. What do you mean? You hope you'll make one because I, I can't remember where he was, but obviously, I mean, you know, if he's 25 years, but I I don't remember his rank, but Uh obviously he was making six figures already. And I was so surprised he may have only wanted maybe another 50. I don't know what he made, but say maybe 40 to 50,000 more. And I'm thinking, no, when you come out, you should expect to double it as a pilot, whatever you're doing, especially at his number of years. And so it's, it's, it's out there. It really is. And, and the government, (laughs) our government has the money to pay for it. (laughs) Right. Right. And they need the people and and, and it takes so long. So, I mean, you're shooting if you can just wait. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Oh man, it's worth the wait. It is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know sometimes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go on. No, I know. I was like, I know we're coming up to, um, you know, our, our time cut off here. Oh, okay. Somewhere to be. But I mean, we even talk about your experiences overseas and all the things that, you know, that you've done. Sure. <laughs> Look, but, hey, um, nobody's interested in that. They just want to know. I mean, I thought you could do that another like, time. What? <laughs> no, but, but, but I guess, uh, yeah. 
you know, what, what is, well, I got two questions. So sure. before I go to that, what, what is one of the ops? Is that one of the obstacles you see then when people are trying to transition, like they, they don't know their self-worth? They don't. I mean, wow. how could they? Right. They're in right. the military. The military isn't really affiliated with. If you happen to know a contracting officer, mm-hmm. you're going to you could probably get better information. Mm-hmm. Right. You mm-hmm. could probably understand how they price things, how they put a schedule out for pricing. And, right. Uh, what they decide that position that position's pay is worth. It's great if you know, I have um, an aunt and a cousin that are contracting officers, but I, I knew this before, you know, I ever had conversations with them. I didn't really need them to explain that stuff to me just because I contracted so long, I mm-hmm. kind of figured it out. Right. And, um, but yes, it is, it is a huge, huge gap mm-hmm. from them understanding what even, you know, even just the six weeks basic training that just inculcates every young person mm-hmm. into uh, the government or the military culture. Mm-hmm. And that is valuable, though. Even just those six weeks of basic training is worth so much money and is so valuable. And imagine year after year having to update these trainings, continuing education. You're constantly in this environment. I mean, you're a natural fit to begin uh, a life in the federal government and working for and continuing to work for the United States of America. I mean, it just is. Right. So would you say for, you know, (laughs) for for people who like to stay 30, 40 years, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just say, do your 20, do your 20, (laughs) then go make the the real money and still serve. (laughs) That's what I just heard when you said that. <laughs> well, here's the thing: we still need our leaders in the military. We I need know, them. Right? <laughs> and but I'll tell you, when those officers come out, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. when those officers come out, they're usually still, you know, at the head of some organization. Um, they often become subject matter experts or consultants, also, and. They're they're getting paid very very well, as you know. Their retirement is great. So, if at this point, if they're at they're at these officer level positions and they're leaders that do 30, 40 years, obviously it's it, money has stopped being an issue for them. For, you know, right, right. Probably about, about around money. age thirty five, <laughs> it stopped being an issue for them. But you know, and then it becomes about uh, you know that mission and what the future they're wanting the military to look like. So we need both. You know, it's a balance. It just becomes what it is that you like. Some people I have found uh, really didn't like contracting, and they went right into the federal government. And others I found became uh, CEOs of companies, uh, contracting companies, and continued the work, but they were more in leadership. So it's it's just some for something for everyone. Some people just prefer to be what what we call individual contributors. Mm -hmm. You make really great money. You can go home. You have less responsibility. You can kind of enjoy your life. You can turn off your cell phone at five o'clock. Uh, you know, there's, you there's, job it's, and that's it. And there's, yeah, and there's yeah. usually no benefits, right? Like healthcare or anything like that. Oh, no, absolutely not. You uh-huh. absolutely have healthcare. No, oh, it's, you okay. are, you are truly an employee with the okay. company. 
you okay. are absolutely yeah and and really anyone doing 40 hours uh, I'm pretty sure that's a labor law you uh-huh. have to provide it is some insurance you have to provide health insurance and okay yeah and it's really pretty good if you get with the larger companies um you know say 10 10 to 100,000 employees um that say the top 10 um contracting companies that would be your SAIC your IBM Mm -hmm. uh your Mantech your DRS um oh my goodness um uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, Bo- uh, Boeing. If you get with the top 10, uh-huh. absolutely your insurance is going to be great. But to be honest with you, insurance is pretty great across the board for federal contracting okay. uh, companies. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that. I just kind of thought you were kind of temporary, like, you know, oh, sure, sure. One type of thing. Right. I think yeah. the one, and, and that's a good point because mm-hmm. there are positions, if you're a consultant, mm-hmm. then your pay will be higher, mm-hmm. but yes, you don't get benefits, mm-hmm. but those are consultant roles that usually officers take leaders take consultant roles, m- roles, meaning they're going to give specific guidance because I know this, this is what, what we do. And they will guide that organization to uh, whatever strategic level they're trying to get to. But those subject matter experts are consultants. And so they don't need the health insurance. And so mm-hmm. they get a higher salary. Okay. Uh, so there are different types of contractors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> um, no, you're I, fine. I, and are the so you said there were a lot of resources and, and it, what is it? I forget the, the taps, the one where you, the classes that you get when you're transitioning out, um, mm-hmm. they give you these resources, but these jobs aren't typically just on usajobs.com. They're, they could be found in kind of a plethora of websites, integrated places that, right? Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Not one absolutely. place like the federal jobs you go to, but it could be multiple places. Right. You could first thing I would say is you could just Google um, top federal contracting companies. You could okay. do something like that. You'd get a whole list of those. Mm-hmm. But even still with that, there are a lot of. Um, oh, I can't think of the term, but there's a lot of contracting job fairs mm-hmm. and so many, especially since COVID-19, they've been online. Mm-hmm. And then you can really see. But in my in my guide, I do give a list of maybe a hundred, but there are so many more. There's okay. so many more. Um, but yeah, if you even just did a, an internet search of okay. top federal contracting companies, then you could do that. But you know, if you go to sites, one of my favorite sites is like indeed.com. If you go to that site, yeah, yeah then you okay. could actually, um, you could see what, what, what companies have and what positions they have, that sort of thing. That's always a good place to start. Like federal you could say federal contract if you went to, for example, indeed.com or something like that. And then it would, it would even, the results would, would yield, uh, you, you would real, yield really great results from that. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Cause yeah, it's, it's so it's, that's why you need a consultant, someone that can tell you where your <laughs> skills can be utilized and, you know, and where to find these types of positions. So cause, I mean, you just name the top 10 companies like IBM, like, oh, they have a contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, jobs that you don't even realize that have uh, contracting opportunities. So oh, sure. Yeah. Back to my other question, what are questions that I didn't ask about your career, but what is one of the most memorable moments in your career? 
Oh, gosh, goodness. <laughs> One of the most memorable moments in my career. Um, you know, I would probably, gosh, what would I say? I would say I really, really enjoyed working overseas and working beside the soldiers. I really, really did. That was that was huge for me. I love to talk with them. You know, you could eat in chow hall together and uh, just hearing their different stories, more so than anything, any of the work I did, just the connections I made and and feeling a feeling like a part of something bigger and more important and that you were affecting the lives of people that were really precious, you know, by, by just sacrificing uh, whatever life they thought they wanted or whatever life they planned to have, you know, that they decided to give it to the military. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those precious people that, that, that was, that's the best. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. That's really (laughs) So Oh, Thank no. you. I know, I know. I'm like, I got three minutes. Uh, so, TC, <laughs> any resources, any, you know, anything that you like to share that help people, um, the, the listeners uh, out there just to get started? Uh, I know you said your federal contract, Better Blueprint, uh, but where can we find you online? I mean, well, I, that sure. was like two questions in one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, you can find me at secured-solutions. .com or you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm at tc.mitchell uh, or just tc.mitchell. You'll find me there. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. That's like oh, the newest yeah. thing. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that Clubhouse. Do you? I haven't gotten into it just yet. I get overwhelmed. <laughs> we are, we're going to have to talk. You're going to love Clubhouse. There are so many podcasters like yourself and veterans that are ready to have conversations and it's it's awesome yeah it's it. really awesome I'm trying to figure out TikTok like I can only do one thing <laughs> at a time <laughs> I understand I won't even touch TikTok I'll say that <laughs> like my little my, I don't even have that creative of mine and it is putting it's draining me so clubhouse I'm like oh my goodness that's just another entity that I gotta figure out but you know, everyone says it's, it's a good place to to go and I yeah just, oh, yeah okay. but yeah so just reach out to me and I I do have um I have a a eight-step guide to starting your career in uh defense contracting it's pretty general you'd have to take the course to get all the details but it at least gives you some sort of guideline to follow and Again, if you find me on secured-solutions.com, um, I will put the link up for anyone to download that PDF. Absolutely. I'll have it in the show notes. And I have those show notes posted to my upcoming website that'll be out soon enough. Okay. <laughs> <thing> at a <laughs> time. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it. I know it. That barrel eats you up. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It is a lot. lot. I'm just glad the podcasts are going and having guests like yourself who is, you know, providing information that I'm sure some of these ladies don't even know that they need. So uh, yeah, it's great. I'm happy. Yeah. And I'm happy to help anytime. If if someone reaches out to you, feel free to forward them to me. I'm happy to talk to them. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate it. Stay dry out in DC. How? Yes. I'll enjoy this hot weather for you in Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. You do that. And thank you for your service, Sharika. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. And I'll be looking for you in Clubhouse one of these days. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
If you are enjoying the podcast, please comment and keep updated on the Military Woman and so much more Facebook group or at the Military Woman on Instagram. Also, leave a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast and thank you for your support.